Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Seiko Path Podcast. Today, I will discuss my Seiko SARB 017 Green Alpinist. And as always, you can check out the Seiko Path on Instagram for pictures of this piece. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Seiko Path Podcast. And not just another episode, this is episode number two. That's right, episode number one, we went over me, Dane, as the Seiko Path and my history with watches, my brief history with watches, and my sort of state of the collection, if you will. This episode, I want to talk about one watch in particular, that is the first watch that I really bought, uh, certainly not my first watch, but I will say mm, my first nice watch, uh, definitely my first mechanical, and this is the one that really, this was the piece I knew I was going to buy, and either I would fall into this addiction of watches, or I would say, eh, I'm kind of over it, and that would be it, and obviously I went further down the rabbit hole, <laughs> as uh, now apparently I have a watch podcast. And YouTube channel, by the way. I uh, I set that up today. There is one very bad YouTube video on there for you guys to enjoy. But it's a video nonetheless, and there are more on the way. I promise I will actively try to refine and smooth and polish all of these things as we go. But so far, the video that is up is an unboxing of the new Patty Edition Turtle that I got. Please check it out, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. There's more to come. Give me a chance. <laughs> but let's get back to the topic at hand today. That is the Seiko SARB017. So that's the Sarbo 17 Green Alpinist. This is uh I don't I feel like this is a strange watch for me to own in some ways. It's not a very large watch. This is a 38 millimeter case. So I will tell you I after getting this, I tried the SKX013. I've referenced to this briefly in episode 1. The dive bezel makes a huge difference. And while this is a 38, and the 013, I believe, is a 38, or a 37, the dive bezel made the 013 look so small on my wrist. Um, but this Alpinist, I don't think looks small on my wrist. I think it looks fine. The green dial, oh, man. Uh, green is certainly not my favorite color. I like green very much, especially sort of forest green, OD green, colors like that, I, I very much like. My favorite color is blue. That's what I would for sure say definitively. But man, the green on this watch in particular is just stunning. I would call it an emerald slash forest style green. From what I understand, the uh, guy that came up with this color uh, originally, he did a black dial, a beige dial, and then this green, and it was styled after the car he had at the time, apparently. It was called an almond green, so that's an interesting tidbit there. So the Alpinus line, let's give a little history here. I, I, I need to digress a little. 
The Alpinus line was originally introduced in 1961, and the green Alpinist, as we know it, was in 1995. It was redesigned and reintroduced in 2006. With a couple of minor changes, I believe on the original, the Alpinist, the word Alpinist on the dial was in red. Also, the sub-register for the day of the month, those numbers were also gilt to match the handset and numerals. I'm sure there's some other small differences, but I, I think those are the, the majority of the difference. Upgraded movement, obviously, as well. I believe the original had a, like a 7S movement. This one is the 6R15. Very nice movement. Uh, nicest movement I have in a watch, I believe. Um, not that the other ones I have are not nice. The 4R35s, things of that nature, solid movements, very good movements. Uh, but when you get into the upper echelons of Seiko, you start getting into the 6R style movements, and then there's other ones even, I want to say in the Marine Master, that are like 8L, and I have no experience at all with them, but I would very much like to one day. This watch runs very well. I have not had it on a time grapher, but it does not lose many, if any, seconds a day, or I should say it does not drift uh, much per day. Um... But again, I don't wear I don't wear these enough that generally when I pick a watch out of the box, I have to wind it and set it. I don't have watch winders. I I just don't see the need for them and I've heard that it sort of uh, deteriorates the life of your watch. I believe it was Levin watches podcast was talking about the green time on watches which is basically the period of time between you purchasing it and it needing some sort of maintenance to continue running and if you wear it or if you keep your watches in a winder and they're constantly running you're reducing that green time that makes sense to me very sensible argument from those two so uh that saves me money also from having to buy expensive watch winding boxes so i don't mind personally the ritual i guess of winding and setting the watch i kind of think that's neat if i just need to grab and go i have my casio world time my sort of wild card the one strange brand if you will that sits in my watch box not that casio is a strange brand it's just not a seiko or a long island watch but that is certainly my grab and go. I like that watch very much. But generally, I, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I can't be late for anything. I always have cushion time built in. I'm always early wherever I go. And I just haven't really found myself in a position where I, I just had to run out the door so fast I couldn't wind and set the watch. And even if I did, I'd probably just throw it on my wrist and go. And then when I had a second to breathe in the car or whatever, I'd just take care of it then. So, I don't know. I, I don't really think needing them to constantly be set is enough of an argument for me to need a winder. And obviously, the what we'll call the green time argument from the 11 watches team makes a whole lot of sense so i'm just not going to do the winder thing personally this watch man i gotta tell you i'm sitting here holding this thing while i'm uh, talking and 
Man, it's just beautiful. I, I really do love this watch. That green. Man, Seiko has figured out how to do these dials with this, man, this paint that just plays so well in any kind of lighting. It seems to switch color without switching color. It's matte, but not at the same time. I mean, and they, they've really figured out the the patty turtle I have has the same kind of loom. And actually this new Islander I have uh, has the exact same, did I say loom? I meant paint on the dial. This Islander has the exact same kind of paint. It, it just plays so well in the light. I was wearing it out today. I had a, a lunch date and uh, man, the light just shining off that dial while I was driving. It was, it was so distracting. Beautiful, beautiful watch. Um, the guilt with this green. Oh, this, I, I am not much of a gold fan. I think I mentioned that in the first episode as well. But whew, the gold on this watch just suits that suits that dark green of the dial so well. Uh, strap code. I'm I'm jumping ahead here a little bit. Uh, I have this on a very nice strap code jubilee, which we'll talk about later. But they make this same bracelet with gold center links. Oh man! And I've been back and forth on pulling the trigger on that thing forever because ah, gold is just it's it's gaudy to me. Uh, it's a special gold is for special occasions, in my opinion. Otherwise, it's just kind of gaudy. However. The gold and silver Jubilee in conjunction with this Alpinist, I think, would be an absolute home run. I, I, I'm very sure I will pick that bracelet up at some point. Just how quickly is uh, really the question. But the gilt on this is just fantastic. I love the gold indices. Very legible dial. I mean, enough numbers. I know exactly what's going on at a pretty quick glance, but... Uh, not so many numbers that it's just busy and, and congested. Seiko guilt as well up at the top. Nothing else. No prospects. This is the pre pre uh, prospects ages of the Alpinist, which is very recent development. But this does not have the prospects at the bottom. In nice uh, cursive style font in white is automatic. Under that. Diashock 23 jewels, not in cursive, in block, and also in block under that 20 bar. So 200 meter rated watch, that's pretty cool for a field watch. I mean, I don't dive, I don't even really swim, but I'm also not afraid to dunk my hands in some water if I'm getting something out, or if I'm washing my hands, I'm not afraid to get my watch wet. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate 20 bar rating on this particular watch if uh you know being just so manly i'm out fishing and dunk my hands in the water i can't remember the last time i've been fishing but uh, i don't know it happens maybe my buddy who's been trying to talk me into going finally is successful and this happens to be on my wrist i like that i can reach into some sort of water and not worry at all about this getting wet um, the case back is honestly pretty cool as well. Let's let's move on to the back. Uh, anything else about the dial? Let me see. The date window is cool, rimmed in gold line, black background, white numbers. Oh, the the bezel. Okay, yep. Let me let me address the bezel real quick here, guys and gals. Compass bezel. Not exactly the most useful 
of tools, but I just dig what it is. I mean, the fact, I don't know, just explaining to someone the whole nature of a compass, compass bezel, plus if you know how to use the hands of your watch to tell cardinal directions, that's just kind of a neat way you can hold your watch up, get your cardinal direction north, set your compass bezel there, and then kind of hold it out in front of you and, and take uh, sort of an azimuth, not, not exactly, but you know, get some sort of bearing. Just a neat history and function on it. I should probably, uh, in conjunction with that, touch on the history. This is made in the spirit of Japanese mountain men. Um, I have the Japanese word here for it. I apologize to anybody watching if I completely butcher it, but it looks like Yamamotoko. Yamamotoko. So that's uh, apparently the word for Japanese mountain men. That's what they had in mind with this. Again, with the green, it was not meant to be a force green, but I'm sure that was a pretty happy coincidence. Um, and I, I, you know, I've spent some time in the mountains myself, and I can definitely see how this takes inspiration from sort of mountain men. Just uh, a great field watch. The vibe of it overall just feels very rugged. Definitely looks and feels like a tool watch. Feels like something that you can you can wear and not worry about. Uh, so again, on the case back, let's let's now talk about this. Uh, beautiful. It's got this sort of three mountain peak in a circle. Uh, badge on the back that says Alpinist. This is the Alpinist badge, apparently. Uh, you know, I could have swore I heard somebody say that these were supposed to be modeled after a specific mountain range in Japan, but uh, in my research for this episode, I couldn't find a specific name of a mountain range that this referenced. So, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe not. Uh, you know, the case back is, it's not a display back. I, I, I kind of like display case backs personally, but for some reason I only have one watch with a display case back. But oh well, that adds to the water resistance, I believe, not having a display case back. Again, I'm no expert. I'm going off of just my own personal research. Nothing as far as information-wise on the back that's super new, just the water resistance, the movement 6R15, made in Japan, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if this is a J1 model, guys. This is, I wasn't really tracking significance of J1, and, and some people don't really think that there is much of a significance. I think it's been proven that these don't, there's not really a correlation in quality and region of manufacture so the ones made in malaysia or whatever are generally just as good as the ones made in japan but the ones made in japan seem to be more collectible in a sense for some reason so that's very neat this says japan on the dial and on the case back so i'm very sure that it's japan made i believe they were only made in japan uh, this is a okay i don't want to sound like an idiot here if I remember correctly, this is a JDM watch, so that doesn't necessarily mean it was made in Japan, but only that it was released in Japan. People then imported it to the States and sold it here. So Japan being on the dial, I'm not sure if that is significant to the site of manufacture or simply denoting that it is a JDM watch. Hopefully that 
is a more concise way of putting it. I may have muddled that up in the beginning there. Pretty good. My apologies. Moving on. Signed crown. Little Seiko S on the crown. Screw down crown. Got to keep that water resistance. Secondary crown for the bezel. Non-signed. I am not sure how that this bezel is not screw down, but it still maintains the water resistance. I don't know how beyond my understanding, but I believe Seiko when they say it does, so I'm not too worried about it. As mentioned, I have it on a strap code Angus Jubilee. Uh, the croc strap that this came with, I, I don't hate, frankly. I don't think it's a bad quality. I ended up getting a strap code double deployant clasp for it, and it looks pretty dang sweet, I think. But I am... 100% a bracelet guy. I have a couple of other, maybe an, a leather and a rubber strap that I can put on watches, but very few options other than bracelets. And frankly, when I do put a rubber or leather strap on one of these, it normally doesn't last more than a few days and the bracelet is back on it pretty quickly. So I generally just leave this particular strap coat on this I, I think the the smaller nature of the links, they're maybe a little more dainty, but not in a feminine way. I mean, certainly a lady, I think, could wear this watch. It is sized right, and with this Jubilee, I think a, a female could wear this watch very comfortably, and it look very good, and then hand it right over to me, being a fairly large... I like to think masculine-looking guy, uh, and it also wear just as well on my wrist. Uh, this would be, frankly, a great couple's watch. I mean, sizing it, you know, strap code makes it really easy with these screw-in links, so if you had to size it, pff, not a big deal. Um, but yeah, you and your lady could share this, I think, pretty easy. This is a very good-looking watch, and man, like I said, I really want to get that gold center link strap code. I think Man, I think that'll really make this look just next level. The pictures look really great, and, you know, pictures rarely do things like that justice, so I'm interested to see it in person. I think it'll look really good. The clasp on this is milled, single deployant. I don't know if, I don't really think I need to stipulate that with a clasp of this nature, but, uh, yep, that's what it is, and milled beautifully just i mean not decorated or anything but solid solid locks up very well several micro adjusts on this let's see one two three four five six of them i like that very much my islanders only have three i could definitely go for another one or two on them but not you know not anything major enough for me to complain about but it is very nice on this watch. I live in Arizona. It gets very hot. And so when it, the weather fluctuates and my wrist size fluctuates a little bit, it's nice just to, even if I'm out and about, I can find something generally skinny enough just to poke the little spring bar and adjust it real quick and put it back on my wrist. Takes maybe two minutes, if that. Um, you know... People say that the bracelets are hotter. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, may, maybe I haven't worn rubber or canvas or, or whatever enough in the summertime to really have a, a solid barometer for that. But 
personally, I've never had the metal bracelet be uncomfortable. Maybe if it's just sitting in the sun, but you got to be a little smarter than that. But I've never had them be uncomfortable enough for me to worry about it come summertime. Again, uh, disclaimer though, I've only been doing this for about a year and a half, so this is really my first solid summer where I'm making these kind of observations, and I really wore the, on the bracelet the entire time, so that's pro- not exactly a scientific process on my end, absolutely, but oh well. What, I mean, what else is there to say about this? The history is is storied. There are many different models, beautiful, some of them quartz, uh, some GMTs, some just, you know, all sorts of different dial colors, generally in the cream, beige, black, green area. All sorts of different models. I, honestly, I think you could make a pretty cool hobby out of just collecting alpinists if you really wanted to. The green one specifically really spoke to me. There's another model, I believe it's referred to as the red alpinist, even though it has a cream dial. It's a quartz. I'm not super thrilled about quartz watches, frankly. Not that I have anything against them. Just personally, I don't want a battery watch. Uh, You know, quartz in the sense of a solar or kinetic where you're dealing with a capacitor that's an interesting bit of tech i'm all about that but a simple battery deal you know if don't get me wrong if it's your thing do it i am not judging anybody else i'm just saying for my personal uh, preference or my personal uh you know yeah i guess preference I, i don't want a battery so i definitely am looking at some solar options in the future the patty edition solar chronograph from seiko i believe the ssc uh, area of watches um very interesting i think that i i would like to have a chronograph in the collection and i think that one might be a really cool way to do a chronograph and step into the solar arena at the same time so that that will probably be what i go with um hmm. i'm trying to think what else to say about this alpinist i mean there's just there's just so much history on it. If you YouTube Sarbo 17 Green Alpinist, you will find a ton of videos from from people who have a lot more experience in watches than myself and who probably can articulate at least more eloquently than I exactly the significance of these pieces. Or this piece, I guess you could say it. They did come out with essentially the exact same piece, but with a blue dial and with silver handset and indices instead of gilt. Oh, man, it's it's stunning. I want that sucker. I wanted it the instant I saw it released, um, but they're selling for a ridiculous amount of money at this point. I think Hodinkee released them for 450 MSRP, and they're in the they're over a thousand now on the gray market. They were a limited release. You know they like to play these games with the releases. People have strong feelings on them somewhere or another. You can maybe guess what mine is on the games, but you know what? It is what they it is what it is. They can do things how they want. And frankly, if given the opportunity down the road, 
one comes available and I have the funds, I will probably jump on it. It's a beautiful watch. And, I, you know, frankly, I'm not going to punish myself just because they have kind of crappy business practices. Uh, well, that's enough on that. But anyway, <laughs> man, the Sarbo 17, if you love this watch and you just can't decide, j- just get it. I think you're going to love it. I certainly do. Most all of the reviews are positive on this. I, I think I've yet, I think the most negative review I read on this, or watched rather, was something like, I had to get rid of it because it was the only watch I ever wore and all my other ones weren't getting enough attention. <laughs> so, uh, you know, even the bad reviews are pretty dang positive on this thing. I would highly, highly recommend this watch. Beautiful piece. I. I think this watch is the one I get most compliments on. Um, and what I mean is just cold notice, you know, in the grocery store. Oh, that's a cool watch kind of a thing. I was literally on a on a bed at the doctor with excruciating back pain in tears. And the nurse was complimenting me on my watch, <laughs> which uh, had I not been in an immense amount of pain, I would have greatly enjoyed. But... This one certainly gets a lot of a lot of attention. I think it's the gold. The green and gold just looks, I don't know, I, I, it evokes imagery of like a poker table and kind of fancy people around it, maybe Casino Royale-ish vibe, if you will. It, it certainly speaks to uh, not a, a to use the word bougie, I guess, not a bougie-ness or um, sort of a flaunting of wealth. That's a whole nother episode that I want to do on people trying to pass themselves off as watch enthusiasts when really they are wealth enthusiasts. This, obviously, no one is going to uh, accuse of being a wealth signaling piece as it's only I think retail initially was like 250 most of them sold around 400 I believe I picked this one up post announcement of the discontinuation for about five most people would say I overpaid but in my research for this episode they were selling for even higher than that Anything I could find at around, well, we'll call it the under $500 price point was sold out or old posts. Most of the listings on eBay and stuff for this watch, I mean, I found ones for $600. I found ones for $1,200. So, you know, the gray market is obviously kind of the Wild West. I don't generally dabble in there much. I happen to get a brand new piece from, where did I get this from? I did not buy this. Ah, you know what? I Amazon this. That's right. This was the only watch I've bought off Amazon, and I was so nervous, and I was nervous that I was going to get a fake or something. I've had it. I'm very sure this is a real one at this point. I probably should have a professional look at it at some point, but from my own research, I'm very sure it's real. I'm, I'm very happy with it, but there was that nervousness there up front because it's Amazon and it was fulfilled by Amazon. That makes a big difference, but I just don't trust Amazon for watch purchases anymore. My go-to are Long Island Watch or Mimo's Jewelry in California. My local Seiko rep Seiko distributor 
is a place in Old Town Scottsdale, a store called Gem Time Watch and Jewelry, or Jewelry and Watch, something along those lines. I've only been in there once. I went in on a suggestion from a friend who is a watch guy, and I met a gentleman in there, John, who's a part owner, very cool guy, very nice guy. He adjusted the pin and collar stock bracelet on my new Patty Turtle. Very interesting dude, and he said that he would have gotten that watch for about the same price for me. I went through Mimos for that Patty. So I think uh, I think my next Seiko purchase, I will go through him. I'll give him a chance, and I'm anticipating having a pretty good experience. If if that happens, I'll probably use him, support local, you know, use him for my Seiko purchases, and then obviously my Long Island watch purchases. I will still go through Mark over at longislandwatch.com. Shameless plug, <laughs> check him out. I love his watches. He's got a ton of new very cool islanders everything from subtle to wild to customize you know he he does it right sapphire glass loom ceramic bezel or sapphire bezel inserts i mean you're getting quality stuff for very good prices you should definitely check them out uh if long island watch were happening happened to be listening to this and wanted to sponsor me or shout me out not that i need necessarily monetary support but uh you you want to give me a little shout out and spread the good gospel of the the seiko path i wouldn't be mad about it thanks mark (laughs) um you know i i I don't know what else to say about this this was my first nice watch my first uh foray into automatic watches and it, it man i just home run like not trying to brag home run out the gate with it though great pick good job dane pat on the head um man just such uh such great wrist presence too i'm 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 looking at it here next to my samurai style islander and it's so much smaller but it commands the same attention on wrist and i think it's just that green and gilt that pop that flare that eye-catching shine just it doesn't need to be large because it 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 just wears larger not in a negative sense a lot of times we would say that in the pejorative meaning it it's kind of clunky or heavy but no this wears like a a a watch with a lot more presence than what it what the dimensions would suggest so if you're interested in this you can find it for a decent deal pull the trigger i think they're i don't want to call it an investment piece but they're certainly going up in price and I've been incredibly happy with mine. No reason to think you wouldn't be as well. Uh, you know, just sitting here looking at it, these cathedral handset, wow, just elegance, you know, but not not feminine elegance, just elegance. I think on a male wrist, this looks masculine, but I think on a female wrist, it would also look feminine. I think whatever you're trying to go for, this is just a solid compliment to it. So I will go ahead and end the podcast here. Thank you so much for listening. I think I said in the first episode that I wanted these to be around an hour to an hour and a half. Uh, that doesn't seem to be going to – I don't think we're going to make that happen at this point. I think 30 minutes to 45 is probably much more realistic. I would like – you know, down the road we get some guests on, do some interviews or whatever. I would love to make this an hour, hour and a half long podcast. But 
I think 30 to 45 is what I probably am going to stick with for now. Any questions or anything that I didn't cover, feel free to send me those. Uh, again, the YouTube channel is live. Doesn't necessarily mean there will be a lot of stuff on there to watch, depending on when you are listening to this. But please go over there. Give us a like. Give me, rather, a like and subscribe. It's only me. There's nobody else here yet. <laughs> I, would, I would like this to be a multiple-person affair down the road. But uh, for me, for right now, it's just me. Um, please go over there and drop a like. Subscribe. Check it out. Leave a comment if I missed something. Please leave a comment. I'll 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 note it. And uh, down the road, if we get a few of them, we'll do another, you know, a part two to this or a, a remix or something. And I would love to have more new information, exciting, maybe just random, interesting tidbits. You know, we as watch guys, I think, watch people. I'm trying to be general, trying to be gender neutral here, as I do think. You know, Love and Watches made this point on their podcast specifically in an episode, but I think the general feel of their podcast makes this point that this is not a male hobby. This is a male and female hobby. This is a person hobby is maybe the best way to describe that. And again, I, I went over of this watch in particular. I think being able to flex genders very fluidly, I think that's important. You know, I really like the idea of couples like Love and watches. That's that's a neat way to have common ground, similar interest in a relationship. Uh, plus, the more people we get into this into this hobby, the better the hobby is going to be. I will share that I also ride motorcycles, and we saw that over the last twenty plus years with motorcycles, this huge influx of riders. And some people were against that in the beginning, but it's done nothing but bolster the industry, add tons of more aftermarket parts and accessories manufacturers it's driven prices down um, made much more types of parts or just brands of motorcycles in general available that maybe they wouldn't have been before it's been great for the industry i think same with watches you're going to have the old school holdouts but for the most part the more people we get into the hobby, the better the hobby will be. It will grow and evolve. And the more people we have uh, increasing our voice as a customer base, we can then drive the industry where we want it to go, as we've already seen with some watches, especially lately. Um, there are a lot of brands that want to seemingly ignore what customers want, but there are others that listen and and the more uh, the more reach we have with our voice, the more we can influence the industry. So why not do that? And finally, you know, I'm 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 a single guy, and if you're a single guy into watches, why would you not want women to get into watches? Uh, more common ground with ladies, icebreaker topic right there, and just more opportunity to be around women. Why would you not want that? So if it. If last ditch effort here, uh, argument wise, for why <laughs> why we should be more accepting to women is that I guess, but uh, generally just you know don't be a dick. So again, thank you everybody to listening. Jeez, oh, I can't even talk now. Thank you everyone for listening to me ramble on. 
borderline incoherently for uh, 35 minutes now. I hope it was at least somewhat entertaining. I at least got a kick out of it. And again, I'm all about interaction. So at the psychopath, at the dot psychopath on Instagram, leave me a comment there as well. If you have some information that I missed or just some general feedback, I'd love to hear it. Um, or maybe you have a, a channel of your own that I don't know about and I'd like to check out. I, I'm, I'm more than willing to network and meet new people. The industry has been so welcoming to me. I would like to pass that along. So thank you for tuning in. The next episode, I'm not 100% sure. I'm thinking it will be about my Islander ISLO2. I uh, probably will just do these basically in the order that I acquired the watches. So that should be next on the docket. Please head over to Instagram again. I'm doing some cool things with photography. That sounded uh, egotistical. But I am. I, I'm having fun with it, and I'm really digging it. And some other people are as well. So please go over there and check it out. And uh, as always... Yeah, you know, okay, so I haven't written like, like a sign-off for these yet. I'm still working that out. Any suggestions, hit me up. But uh, I guess I'll stick with the, uh, as always, no, I got nothing. I don't know. I thought saying it would come to me right there. What is it that Love and Watches says? Uh, buy, buy what you love and love what you buy? Something like that. I like that. We'll go with that. Uh, have a, a fantastic week and... Um, Hopefully this has not driven you away. Please give me another chance to try the next episode. Uh, Hopefully you do that, and we'll see you then. All right, thank you so much for being here, and we'll talk to you guys later.